I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, men who don't wear socks repulse me. I'm sorry, it's a fact that men who don't wear socks are probably likely to ruin your life. It's a clear red flag that the person you're dealing with isn't to be trusted. Listen, it's not Victorian times. A flush of the ankle isn't going to get me going. Also, why are they always wearing their nude foot in a hideous, hideous boater shoe? I mean, all I can think about when I see a bloke with one nude foot is what those feet must smell like. But also how that sweaty foot must be sliding around the inside of that terrible shoe. Listen, I don't care if you've got a trainer sock on. It's wrong. You just disgust me. Welcome back to After Dark. Sorry, that was far too, far too enthusiastic, actually, because actually I don't actually want to be here. Welcome back to After the Tone, weirdos, lurkers, LTLs, FTCs, and those of you who are still to be inducted into the cult. I am Scotty, your host, and congratulations. You found your seat in a pub. Take your shoes off, keep your socks on. There's a no-slipper policy, and don't take whatever's being offered to you in Tupperware. On today's show, we have your bottomless brunch of bonking, botany, and queer monogamy. Who fucking writes this stuff, producer Deb? Have a word. Listen, before we get going, do me a favour, press the subscribe button for me so you are the first one that knows when we've published an episode or not. I mean, I could care less. Anyway, now, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. It's the end of season finale. I know, ten shows in, time for a break. Me and Debbie, we fancy going. Where do you fancy going? Debbie Algarve, somewhere a bit fancy. Tara Molinos. There you go. Nothing funny or interesting to say about Tara Molinos, I'm afraid. And... As promised, I am joined by very special studio guests. I've come up London. Deb's booked us a fancy studio. Yeah, first time for ATT history. I'm going to be joined in the hot seat by my mum. Yay! <laughs> you can say hello. Oh, hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, mum, I, I mean, I call you mum, but, you know, other people call you Sarah 
What do you prefer to be known as? Scotty's mum. Do you like to be known as Scotty's mum? I do. Do you? Absolutely. (laughs) What about my brother? (laughs) Don't worry about him. This is about you today. We've got a beer for you. Brilliant. Okay, so we're going to refer to you as Scotty's mum. Now, you are no stranger to the podcast because you've called in a couple of times. Do you listen to it? Yes, I do. Are you lying? Are you telling the truth? No, no, I do. I I know. Yeah. Listen to Gemma. I've heard Gemma on a few occasions yeah. coming through. I do like listening. I sometimes get a bit worried when I listen to you, though, in case, <laughs> you know, you're not being really good. <laughs> the good boy that I brought up. Okay. And I just get nervous. But I got nervous. I remember when you were first performing. And mm-hmm. that's part of that. It's about wanting to make sure that your son, you know, is okay and that he's comfortable and confident. And that's why sometimes I get. So I don't listen to every single one, but I'll do snippets of it. Yeah. And when it's going really well and you're laughing, and I know that response has been really great. It's, it's really, what you're really saying good. is you sort of see me as the Liza Minnelli of this situation and you don't want to be full-blown Judy Garland about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't have said it any better than that. Good. And now we're going to talk, we're going to have a natter. You're going to hear... Some people who've called in this week, they know that you're here in the seat with me. But I do have to confirm for ATT Law, you don't know what you're about to hear. Absolutely. Haven't heard anything. Me either. So, I mean, let's see how this goes. I mean, this could be a very good bonding exercise for us, Mum, or I mean, it might send us in opposite directions. No, we don't need it. We're doing all right, me and you. Good. All right. Well, without further ado, Producer Deb, let's go out with a bang. Press that button. Hello, Scotty Love. It's that JRF here. Hello, love, how are you? Hello, Tim. Hello, Kat. Hello, Maya. Hello, producer Deb. And hello, Scotty's mum. I'm just sticking my head round the door of the pub, really, just to say hello and tell you that I'm still with you all. Just, I've not been in the best way in recent times, and I just wanted to say that I've been listening and just haven't felt like calling in, just haven't felt like I've got anything to say, really. It's just interesting hearing the chat about bioerasure and invalidating people's identity. Why I, I'm relating to it is because in recent times I've been diagnosed as having ADHD and autism, and I'm adjusting to these labels, seeing how they fit, which I know sounds odd because obviously I've always been ADHD and an autistic. But it's learning to unmask, uh, they call it. And I think that's the thing that's scaring me at the moment is that I've had to mask as a survival technique. But then also I'm now having to adjust and learn to live and unmask to see who the true me is, you know, because I've been hidden by this avatar, basically, of like being able to be acceptable in society. But anyway, that's my identity crisis at the moment. And so I don't know who JRF is, but I just wanted to say, enjoy your rest. Yeah, when you come back, I'll be 40. My birthday's in August, 10th of August. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Feel free to message me on Instagram and I can give you my address and you can send me lots of presents. Thanks. Any road, I'm sending lots of love and light to everybody. And I'm sorry that, I've been away from you all and I know that I can drop in and out, but uh, I want you to know that you're all very important to me hearing all these voices and uh, I'll miss you all while you're away. Love and light to you all and uh, a big kiss from that JRF.
Bye for now. Bye. Oh, bless. Oh, look, Mum, I know. I mean, I'm glad there's tissues in the studio because already I think me and you are going to get going, aren't we? Oh, I'm so touched. Beautiful voice as well and so raw and honest. Mm. You know, to be able to come in and out of this conversation and be there. I'm I'm welling up already. So sweet. Um, I just want to say I'm an August baby as well and getting to 40 is a wonderful age. And I know... ADHD and autism and trying to work and navigate around that is Mm. really, really difficult. But having this wonderful platform and being able to come in and out when you feel like it and when you want to is amazing. I loved it. Really lovely. It's so interesting because, of course, as you know, Mum, I'm like learning about this because I've just had, well, listeners, I've just had my preliminary screenings for both of those, ADHD and autism. And uh, no surprise to anybody, I've come out as being top marks. (laughs) I actually win the games. So I'm looking forward to the prize that I get. Um, and uh, as they were saying, like this unmasking, I find it so interesting because like all of these coping mechanisms that you put into place, you suddenly go, oh, no, it's fine just to say how you actually are. Do you know what I mean? And to kind of try to relax into real life again. I love this idea, Mum, of like an avatar. You know, like when you log on to the internet and it can give you like a fake picture of yourself. Or, you know, like on our phones, you can get those fake emoji things that look like you. Yeah. I love that idea of that being who you present yourself as but actually there's a real person behind it absolutely and for me I think you know the struggles that I've had in my own life dealing with my mental health and portraying that image to people being an actress that's why I think I'm just I've never been discovered I actually believe that this could be my start today it could yeah why not Um, not being discovered and being this person that I'm really not presenting myself as somebody who I'm not to everyone that's really interesting Mm. so do you think if you're a nut job you know like us that actually you're better at being in show business because we do a lot of pretending absolutely I love that. I do. Honestly, I seriously do. I go and I, my performance in the day, I'll look at late at night in the evening yeah. when I recollect the day and look back and say, could I have done something better? Very much like probably like an actress would do. Yeah. That's how I feel because I can present myself in that role. It's not the real me because the real me, they probably wouldn't want to know. <gasps> oh, mum. No, it's true though, but that's how you that's feel. That's how you feel, but I ain't the truth. No, Because you know, me and you... I mean, people want to know us, to be fair. I mean, that's technically what this podcast is about. It's just yeah, it's gaining the, the general public, giving them access. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, JRF, there is never, and this goes out to the room, there is never, ever a pressure for anybody to feel like they need to call in. When the moment takes you, when you feel it in your Julie Waters, as I say, that's when to, like, check in. But, you know, I always talk about the lurkers. I think there's a lot of love that we don't get to see there's a lot of people who appreciate this space who don't call up you know they listen along it's just as valid to sit there and listen along and have a giggle with us that you don't always have to pick up the phone absolutely hi scotty hi everyone in the att gang it's amy the pond dipper and i wanted to talk a bit about fat swimming so I'm a mid-fat person and an outdoor swimmer who swims mostly in uh, ponds, lakes and rivers. I love to swim and I always feel so happy and free in the water. I think that being fat actually makes me very well suited to year-round outdoor swimming in the UK as I very rarely get cold and I'm about as buoyant as a giant pink flamingo inflatable bull floaty. I'm a member of a number of outdoor swimming groups and on the surface it's a really inclusive community and there are people there of many different shapes and sizes and that's lovely. 
But at the same time, I can't count the number of times that I've been on a group swim and had to listen to someone talk about how shit they feel because they've gained some weight or about being allowed to eat chocolate because they've earned it with the swimming or all about the latest diet that they're on. And it's like they don't realise that what they're really talking about are the lengths that they're willing to go to to have a body that looks as little like mine as possible. And that really hurts. It it hurts that even in spaces that most people I think would consider to be inclusive, I still don't feel safe as a fat person with a history of disordered eating to participate without having to endure all of that on a regular basis. And I've reached a pretty good place in terms of not letting that stop me from doing something that I love. I either shut down the conversation if I have the energy or I just brush it off when I don't. But I can understand why some people really just don't feel comfortable or welcome in these spaces. And that makes me feel really, really sad. So I just wanted to send out massive love to people who don't feel like they can join in an activity that brings them joy because of their fat body or rather potential judgment of their fat body. And to say that, yeah, I really hope that there might be a future version of you that just says, fuck it and does it anyway. Amy the Pond Swimmer, lovely to have you back in the room. Great, 10 points. And do you know what? Yeah, I love all of these things that you said. Oh, lovely. I'm glad you're having all this, that and the other. I just can't get past the fact that you think pond and river and lake swimming is a nice thing because that technically is repulsive, Amy, actually. I do not want to be swimming around somebody's turd. I do not want to be out there with a frog having a go at you down below. I don't want to be... Things underneath my feet that I can't see, I think it's my biggest fear. And so technically, I think it's quite disgusting. Mum, how do you feel about wild swimming? No, not for me either. I've got to see the bottom. It's got to be all nice and clean. It's got to be sterile. It's got to be the best place for me to go into. I can't do it. I really admire her, I must (laughs) say. Um, I love the giant pink flamingo reference to herself. Um, yeah, not for me. I'm really, really sorry. That whole thing, something coming around me and me touching something and not knowing what it was in the what could not be around to see the bottom. No, sorry. I think me and you both enjoy a similar swimming experience. I'm like, if it don't smell of bleach, we don't want to get in. No. I'm yeah. totally with you on that. Okay, fine. Now, I do want to dive in here, Amy, because I do think there are some really interesting points that you made here. First up, I think you sort of alluded to it, but I do just want to kind of make it a very explicit thing for the pub. I'm glad you feel really included in those spaces, but I do know there are some people listening who, particularly because of how outdoor swimming in particularly like London or sort of big urban areas, I believe they call them, they're often segregated by two genders. And I think a lot of people can feel a bit like, oh, where the fuck do I go? Or how do I sit within that? And And I do think it takes a level of bravery to be a fat person who goes into a swim pool in a controlled environment, to be a fat person that goes swimming in an uncontrolled or a wild environment. I can imagine there are other things that come into play there, but I'm glad that Amy's found it. Do you know what I mean? There is that thing about, I wanted to touch on about the sort of fat veil. And I think you'll be able to understand this, mum. It's about when, as Amy was saying, when they were like having conversations and someone talks about their own body as being sort of fat and they sort of don't recognise that you're sat there. And essentially what they're saying indirectly is, I wouldn't want to have a body like yours. It can feel like really targeted. I think I can imagine scenarios or places where I've been where people have sort of said about their fat body and I've gone, well, and they're like, oh no, but not like you because you've got a lovely face or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's a way that fat phobia 
exists in its invisibility. Like people don't know that they're being a knobhead. I agree with you, but I think sometimes as well, because I've been fat all of my life. Well, I've had episodes where I've lost weight, but it's been at a cost. It really has been at a cost because I grew up in where my food was very controlled um, and everything I ate was sort of looked at. And we, I grew up in a, a time where, you know, you had to get everything off the plate and all of those. Everybody knows about that. But for me, when I hear young you know, colleagues that I work with or friends are talking about their weight, I sometimes feel they are so into themselves and their body uh, that I don't take it anymore as like before I think, well, they think that I'm not good enough because I'm so much bigger than what they are. Mm. They are so obsessed with the way that they look and how they need to be, you know, a certain size to be worthy, to be valued, to be all of those. For me, are we so stuck in our own sort Mm. of bodies that we're not thinking about another person and how they're thinking about? And I, for me, weight now has become, this is who I am. It's taken me years to be comfortable in where I am. And there are days when I can still admit to being a good day and a bad day. But, you know, for me, that's what I've got to do. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to conform to what society thinks I should look like to look good. Well, Amy, you've stirred some conversation here. I just want to say that fat people, I agree, we are superior at swimming. So I think we should set up an ATT fat swimming club and, uh, you know, we can... Yeah, go on, Mum. What a brilliant idea. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. I'm full of them, Mum, actually, to be fair. You are. That's only just one of them. I've got loads. But, um, you know, save them. I don't want to bombard the people. No, no. (laughs) Very much like your mother, aren't you? (laughs) Modest. Hi, Scotty. Loving the show. It's been giving me life. Me and my friend have been listening to it whilst we travel around. And it has calmed our nerves and given us some great conversations well i tried calling in before i don't know about five times and i chickened out of my messages anyways i'm not going to try and make any big statements today i'm just going to share some great fish puns if i do say so myself all right you ready crustacean aguilera soul and breen gallagher leonardo dicaprio Pipe Tyson, Calamari Best, thank you, Clamela Anderson, Skate Moss, Barry Whitebait, and Jerry Halibut. So everyone that can do it, you can pretend that you made up one of them. All right, love you. <laughs> Bye. Round of applause, I think, for that, Mum. Yeah. Mum, what were you saying? <laughs> I've written down calamari best. I absolutely love that. And the Jerry Halliburton. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. We like a pun, don't we, yeah, Mum? Do. They were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Really made me laugh. Really funny. Do you know what I was listening for? I thought, this person sounds like they come from my state. They sound very North London, didn't they? Yeah, do you think? Definitely. I thought, this is yeah. somebody I want to go out and have a bed with. I want to be travelling around with you. Why were I invited? <laughs> We should come to the swimming club. <laughs> I've already got it signed up. I can see us. Are you Scotty Babs? It's Pauline. And hi to the rest of the gang. Tim, Kat, Maya and the lovely producer Deb. So, what's on Pauline's mind? Well, I was listening to a podcast with the lovely, sexy, Asian bear botanist James Wong. And he was going on about botany, as he does, in schools. 
why don't they have a botany garden in every school? Like, I know in some of the posh schools you get those farms, don't you? Working farms with chickens and goats and what have you. But why isn't there, like, a government initiative to have a little garden where people can plant things and learn about botany? It can't be that expensive, can it? So, um, hive mind, everybody else in the pub, let me know how I would start some kind of campaign to get to gardens in schools. In other news, I've got verrucas the size of cauliflowers on my feet. Bloody hell, uh, is it murder to walk? Oh my God, and I'm slapping everything on it. I've got the homeopathy uh, stuff. Does that actually work or am I just kidding myself? Listen, I don't know what a homosexual going to do for your feet, but, Mum, this is Pauline from Wolverhampton. She's not right, OK? Mum, don't entertain it, because she's not right. She calls up. She's got a man coming in, doing the toilet. She's got someone doing the bathroom. She want to meet people for a speed date in in a local cafe, but she doesn't get along with anybody. I mean, I think she's a lost hope, to be fair. It's the Verrucas. I'm really worried about the Verrucas. <laughs> now, listen, when you were saying a botany garden, isn't a botany garden just a garden? garden is it's a botany i mean it's just botany is just like what posh people call like the front yard absolutely and when you said why is there a government initiative to i mean this government any initiative initiative you want them to i'm sorry to tell you pauline i mean if you want them to start fucking sowing seeds so you can have verbermias or whatever you call them in their fucking <laughs> posh names but we got kids who are fucking starving i don't i think the priority here love is actually not botany school dinners is the priority <laughs> <laughs> and teachers who are paid do you like the garden mum do i like the garden mm. idea no do you like do you like your own garden I do, yeah, but I grew up on a council estate in North London. We had a patch outside in which we couldn't go into. So I've got a garden now and I don't make full use of it. Yeah. I think if I'd grown up, I think it would be completely It different. is just where the dog gets a shit. It, it is, actually, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I present it really nice because it's got, like, you know, baskets on the side, as you will. Dad's got a really nice shed, so I made that look really good. Just looks really good. It's got decking and some nice seats, but well, do we, we use it? Well, maybe we get Pauline to come over and, and no, have a go. because the Verrucas would really worry me. <laughs> So, Pauline, unfortunately, I don't think your idea has gone down a tree. Although I do think James Wong is a bit of all right. So, who knows? Maybe send us in some pictures. Send them in to Kat on the Instagram at After the Tone POD. Little plug there, Mum. See what I did there? Seamless, actually. Now people are going to go on the internet. I'm so uh, impressed with you. Thank you very much. I'm, in some lights, people think I'm Terry Wogan. You Oh, so much better. In some lights, other people <laughs> think I'm something else. But, yeah. you know, we'll go with Terry Wogan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pauline from Wolverhampton, it's always a pleasure and a chore. And it's a no from me. <laughs> Hello there, ATT crew, Scotty, Tim Katmeyer, producer Deb, and Scotty's mum. Hello. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> It's Jojo here. So a few weeks ago, a caller called up and said about cishet women who love the gays who maybe said about going to drag brunches um, anyway and that they vet, wear those trainers with ease on. I wear those trainers. I would preface by saying that my mum bought them for me. I didn't choose them, but I, you know, I quite like them. Another thing that I'd like to say is that I'm chiming in about the bi chat again, talking about how do you find your queerness when you're 
in a seemingly heterosexual relationship on the outside. I used to feel that as a bisexual person with a man, very rushed and impatient to open up our marriage. And when the pandemic hit, we obviously couldn't go on that journey because of being in lockdown. And I had a lot of therapy in that time and have since gone on medication. And I feel less rushed at the moment to do that. And one of the reasons is I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling, I'm feeling myself as I am. And I've let go of a lot of shame about not being quite unquote queer enough. I also express my queerness through gardening, which was very surprising to me, but it felt so right. I was like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm queer in gardening. All around me, there's like really tightly cut lawns, tightly cut hedges, and my garden is this kind of wild, intentionally wild, it's just not just neglected, <laughs> intentionally wild, weed smothered garden with loads of wildflowers and a little pond and lots of diversity like I my philosophy in my garden is not to control it's to like tweak it here and there and meet it where it is and meeting myself where I am and meeting my garden where it is and not trying to force it to be a certain way it's all tied up together in my identity and that for me is how my queerness comes out what the fuck is this gardener's question time we've got this one talking about ponds the other one talking about botany this one talking about queering garden since when start turn into a naturist a na- naturist no, that- <laughs> <laughs> the, what's you call it natural naturalists yeah you got your clothes on <laughs> <laughs> um thank you very much jojo it was lovely to hear a tour around your garden my mum just mouthed at me what's a drag brunch <laughs> mum a drag brunch is where the drag queens you know yeah plural yeah they make large groups of people very drunk on cheap Prosecco whilst pretending to move their lips to the soundtrack of like Mariah Carey. Uh, how comes I haven't been to one of these then? Oh, it's not your type of thing. You couldn't take me, no? Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming up, there's more Bioerasia and labels. Toby's bonking again. Oh, God. <laughs> and Miss Annabelle Sings sings a very special message. But first, Mum, I believe there is something you would like to say, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> she that, says. That bit in orange. My child is an amazing human being, possibly the best child anyone has ever had. I'm so lucky to be blessed with such an amazing child. These are completely my own thoughts, and I'm not reading them from a statement given t- to me by anyone. As his mother, I ask those of you listening to this genius to please give what you can to keep the ATT pub open. And now there's a swimming club as well. If only to keep my amazing, talented, dynamic, confident, good looking, etc. child in a job. Head to patron.com after the tone. Thank you, mum. Means a lot. Oh, sorry, I wasn't <laughs> supposed to read that <laughs> Thank you, Mum. That means a lot, yeah, actually. Oh, Thank oh. you so much. That's patreon.com forward slash after the tone. My mother's words should say it to you all. Now, we are taking a couple of weeks off, but the lines are still going to be open. We'll be back on the 28th of July, 28th of July, with more of your gossip scandal and intrigue. So keep your nonsense hitting the burner phone. There's always room, always room for new voices. And we also love to hear from old regular friends. So you know what to do by now. Give them the number, producer Deb. Zero, 
3420. Now, remember, we're also on the internet. If you are on the internet, why not be our internet friend at After the Tone POD? Right, Mother. Should we get on with it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Love that last bit. You are a genius. You are very talented. Stop it. You Stop are. it. Say it again. Yeah. Say it again, but just closer to the mic. <laughs> oh, I forgot the most that you're so good looking, so handsome. They That's need really... to see how good looking know, you are. You know, it's a podcast. Yeah, I know. Hi, Scotty, Scotty's mom, the crew and the listeners. This is the Belgian person who called once before. I just wanted to reach out to Rachel, who called in last week to say that they were afraid to label themselves the wrong way. I uh, sort of had this same problem some time ago until I realized that I don't actually have to label myself. Um, it can be wonderful and freeing to come out of the closet, but who we love and who we are attracted to is actually nobody else's business, if you know what I mean. If it works for you, sure, then you can use a label, of course. But make sure that you don't end up confining yourself to a particular box, because then you'll be no better off than you were before you came out of the closet or labelled yourself. Much greetings to everyone, and have a nice holiday to all the crew. Bye. Oh, our Belgian friend is back. Lovely to have you. And yes, labelness indeed. I'm really about this vagueness, actually, of like not really wanting to put perimeters on things. Mum, you were really nodding along there. Like, are there any like labels that you're like, oh, that is who I am. That's what I feel like. Or do you want to live in this sort of labelless world? Belgian person. Absolutely love that message. So lovely. Totally strip those labels off. We don't need to be in any labels at all. You've taught me that. Yeah. You have taught me so much about that. Yeah. Being a mum and growing up with Scotty and coming out at such a young age was really, really hard. And you were amazing. You have taught me so much throughout it. Um, yeah. No more labels. No more labels. Even now, clothes. Does it matter where we, they're not, you know, they don't be female, male anymore, whatever. No, no more labels. Rip them all off. And I totally agree with a Belgian person. If you limit yourself to a label, you'll confine yourself and stay in that and then find another label. We don't need any more labels. No. Hi, Scotty. I'm producer Deb, Tim Katamaya and everyone at the pub. I called a couple of weeks ago about Pride Month, talking to my daughter, teaching my daughter about it, and she's home educated. Also, during that conversation, just sort of saying to her that I was bisexual and and that it, it, she was totally cool with it and what a sort of relief it was for me. And yeah, I just wanted to say, first of all, thanks, Scotty, for your response because it was so nice and so supportive. It made me cry a little bit, you bastard. But... Uh... <laughs> It was really lovely. Um, and everybody else who's phoned up to talk about this sort of bisexual bias. And yeah, it just really made me feel like, okay, I'm not, not the only one. And also that, that hopefully that's gone now and I need to put that in the past and start looking to what society's like now or at least surrounding myself with people that are, that are good people that are not gonna, think any different of me for any of these reasons i ended up putting it on facebook they'll put the podcast on facebook and just said oh you know this is a really good podcast and you should listen to it and then just said to my friends i'm also i'm on here talking about being bisexual back in the day and how it's different now 
And so I guess I just sort of told everybody that way, which was easy. And I know for sure I would not have done that if it hadn't been for your positive response. So I just appreciate it so much. just wanted to say that. Oh, look, my mum's crying. My mum is in there crying. You're right, mum. Yeah. Why is that making you go? How you can help people by being so honest. That's all we've got, isn't yeah. it? We've only got honesty. And just, I guess you're thinking about when I came out. Yeah. People need so much pain. Yeah. In a world that they feel we not being accepted and how I felt for you and how cruel people were to you and things that were written on where we lived on the walls and everything and you came in every day and faced it mm. so difficult and to hear somebody say that you helped them so much makes me think back to that time and think my goodness the strength how far you've dug down and what you've created for yourself and how mm. wonderful you are just really put me to tears that she was <laughs> able to to do that, you yeah. know, how wonderful that is. I mean, it would be lovely for me to sit here and be like, yeah, you know, and I do <laughs> joke about, you know, changing people's no, lives, you know, one yeah. call at a time. But actually, you know, we, I think, firmly believe it's the community of people that listen in who, like, they come here and they tell us the internets of, like, their internets, yeah. like, really deep personal stuff. And all we do is we just, like, let them do it, do you know what I mean? So as much as I'd like to take the credit for it, and I'm sure mm. the team, the ATT crew, would definitely echo this, is, like, without the sort of camaraderie of this space, then I don't think people would say the things that they, they do. But it is, it's very touching, isn't it? Very touching. Yeah. Not being judged or, or you feel that you are most of the time. And to be able to say that, you know, came out and did it that way to say, really... Brilliant. Really, really touched me. Good luck. Yeah. Pull yourself together. We've got another call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So sweet. Hello, Scotty. It's Toby. I have been away for a while from the pub. I know you were asking about people's beds and sex stories, and it's always, <laughs> it feels like it's my kind of, my wheelhouse. So years ago, I'm thinking about 12 or so years ago, I was having sex with my ex on my, I don't know what kind of bed it was. I think it's a divan, but it was a cheap divan. And the divan, is it divan or divan? I don't know, divan. <laughs> it was cheap. It was like, uh, it was made from like card. It felt like, and the mattress was on top. Well, anyway, I am fucking the living daylights out of my ex. And the bed collapses in the middle. And we kind of sink into the middle part of it. And then I'm in, in suddenly in a great deal of pain in my knee. And I realise that my knee is locked. Um, I can't move it. I'm stuck <laughs> in this position, in a lot of pain, still inside my ex, and unable to move without causing a lot of pain. I hope my full weight was on top of him. I'm surprised he survived. Eventually by somehow manoeuvring we managed to uncouple and uh realize that yeah my knee is locked i fucking tore the meniscus cartilage in my knee and my knee was locked at a right angle for maybe six weeks and i ended up having to have surgery on it so yeah i thought i'd share that story with you anyway bye 
I mean, trust Toby. Uh, do, do you know what, Mama? Because I feel like I know these people because they tell me the ins and outs of everything. As you can hear, it's more the ins than the outs. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like Toby's our in-house expert because I've never heard this one pop down to the shops and get a pint of milk. What this one doesn't do would make an unblush, I tell you that. <laughs> I think it might have been the divan, though, or the divan. <laughs> That might have done it, it you know, because he said it was made of cardboard. So <laughs> usually when you fall together, like you fall about the place laughing, it's what I should have said. But he's obviously locked his neck. That is a really, really painful what he's done to have surgery. Sorry, Mum, I really love that your takeaway from this is like, that's actually very painful. <laughs> it is. Six weeks. Bless him. Well, there you go, Toby. It was lovely. <laughs> it was lovely to round off the season with you rounding off an ex. <laughs> Can I just ask something? Do you ask for people about their sex stories? No, I don't. People... I'm just going to say that because I thought it was not you. I don't think we do. No, I think... Did we ask? No. Debbie's no. always like, no. Anyway, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. Hi, Scotty. Hello to all the wonderful After the Tone crew. Hello to everybody in the pub. And if you're outside at the bus stop doing that little side-eye-in thinking... Looks interesting in there. Somebody's started crying now. Someone started laughing. Come in. It's fucking lovely in here. It's me. It's Miss Annabelle Sings. They. She. And I felt the urgency to call again. Twice in a series. Twice in a series. I'm back, bitches. Because I've got a few things to say. I've been really enjoying this series. Thank you for providing a space that's been so nurturing. It's felt different, this series. Softer. So thank you for the space that's so nurturing, so soft, so silly, so intellectual, so challenging and so fucking full of shit. I must call in with my shit story, but that's for next time. Now, what I'm calling in is because of the tone of Rachel, the tone of their voice. Rachel and anyone who is living or experiencing the anxiety and the ahness of internalised, externalised, by, pan, phobia and erasure. There has to be a shorter word than that. <laughs> Please, hear in my voice. I've lived it. I'm living it. We're not alone, right? But I want to echo what Scotty said. Who's fucking making a rule book? Who has decided how to be queer? Now, if there is a nicely published book on how to be a queer, I'd love to see it. And I'd really like to see the illustrations. That would be interesting because there's no fucking rule book and nobody is putting any pressure within this after the tone community anyway for you to decide right now what you are. I was born in 1980. I grew up under Section 28 under Maggie Thatcher, teenager in the 90s and all the wonderful fashions that went with that. Fast approaching 42. And I've realised I didn't come out till I was early 20s because I was just silenced by Section 28 and all the stuff around the AIDS crisis and everything. I was silenced. Now, fast forward some years later into my early 20s when I did come out and the only word that I had was lesbian. I came out as a lesbian. Now, I think we need to remember that, that we've still got the leftovers of Section 28. You may not have been there at the time. You may not have been a kid or a young person or an adult at the time, but we're still feeling the echoes of that. I then found the word bisexual and I thought, oh, that's all right then. But then bisexual didn't feel right. Some years later, I discovered the word pan and I discovered the word queer. Now, for me, the word queer sits right, but who fucking knows what it's going to be like in another 10 years? It might be a different word or a better word or a word that resonates on a deeper level. 
most recently, and I will say thank you to the pandemic, it's given me many, many things. And what the best thing it gave me was space. I also live with mental health stuff, anxiety, depression, PTSD. And what I've discovered since the pandemic is space and boundaries and saying no. Give yourself some space and give yourself a break. You don't need to have the answer tomorrow or now or yesterday. But if you start making some space in your body, that can be, I don't know, some nice nurturing things like going swimming, like you were talking about. It can be literal space. You can move your furniture around. It can be space from people or relationships or things that don't serve you anymore or that you are not serving. Once you start making space, I've discovered, then you have more room. Kindness It's not just outwards, it's inwards as well, right? And I wanted to say, actually, a little thank you for a kind set of words that I've carried with me for very, very many years. And those kind words are going to Sarah, who I know is going to be co-hosting the final show, Scotty's mum. When I saw you at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, and it was the end of a show, and you came up to me and you said, you're not going to spend any more time in the shadows. Getting emotional now. You're not going to spend any more time in the shadows. You're going to go out there, you're going to go on stage and you're going to be fucking amazing. Enjoy your life. And I've taken that with me for a long time. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you for that. Be kind. Give yourself space. Give other people space. And just be thankful that we found each other, right? Thank you for a wonderful series, Scotty. I love you so much and everybody here. Toodle Pip and Italy Ho. Oh, and I will end on one thing. Fanny Haddock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless not dry our eye in the house. Mum, you're crying again. I haven't stopped crying since I come in here today. <laughs> So emotional. Yeah, it is. You can really feel that, like, people are feeling all the feels, aren't they? Yeah, it's difficult. You know, what I love about that, and I love Annabelle, you know, because I know Annabelle in real life from show business. Um, mm. But with all of these calls, it's like people come in not because they're like, they want to be solved or healed. They're just like, oh, God, isn't it nice to be somewhere where you don't have to pretend to be normal? How <laughs> wonderful of her to ring in as well, Annabelle. Really appreciate the message. And I'm really glad that you took what I said. You are amazing. You are wonderful. And I totally agree with you about the pandemic. For me, it was about space from people. And at that particular time, I did what we would call a friend cleanse. I no longer needed people who I felt were not good for me in my space. And I've let them go and I've wished them all the very best. But um, yeah, just wonderful to hear you doing so well. Wonderful. And that's it. That's the end of the show. How's it been for you, Mum? Oh, it's been nerve-wracking, actually. Oh, have you been nervous, bless you? Yeah, I have, because I want to make... It's just great what you're doing, yeah. And I want people to... I hope it's coming across that our relationship is probably, along with your dad, obviously, is one of the most important relationships in my life. And for you to succeed is all I want. And you're doing that so well. And I'm just so proud of you. And I want to make sure that I come across as your mum and 
know. I, I mean, you do come across as mum. Believe me, yeah. you come across as mum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no qualms here. I think everyone's like, yeah, that's definitely where we came from. <laughs> Listen, this season we've covered it all. Fatness, bisexual erasure, finding your pansexualness, the dangers of knitting. Oh, I love that call. Discovering your aunt's nudes. That was an excellent one. IVF, home comforts, trans dating, CPTSD, Tupperware. Need I say any more? Working class drag, trub rub, polyamory, controversial Chinese takeout orders, finding love and more. It's been epic. Thank you. Oh, what well, every end of season I always get like this because I feel like I'm saying goodbye to a whole bunch of friends. Pull yourself together for two minutes, please, Scotty. It has been epic. And thank you to all those voices in faraway places for joining in. Because without you, there is no ATT. So thank you for making a weirdo in this world feel a little less alone. Because together, here, we all see each other through with giggles and empathy and laughter and tears. And we watch each other grow. So let's keep on talking. You know what to do. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. At After the Tone POD, if you want to keep up with the gossip, my love and adoration, I mean that, to the team as ever, Tim, Maya, Kat, and where would I be without producer Deb? Where would I be? Well, I'd be in fucking southern Spain, I'm sure I would. <laughs> Thank you to my mum for doing a marvellous job at presenting today. Any last words of advice, mum? No, just be kind. Love each other. No labels. And on that note, we'll see you on the other side. Say goodbye, mum. Bye-bye. That's <laughs> <laughs> my BBC one. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. So sweet. Oh, lovely. Yeah. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Capril. After the Tone is a Debbie production. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.